The mystery of godliness. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. Well, it is Monday once again, and we're starting a new week, and we are uh, starting a new section in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and today we're going to be focusing on verses 14 uh, through 16, and uh, that will finish out the chapter, and we'll move on into chapter 4 over the next several days. Um, But before we get into the text, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Father, we thank you for the gift of another day. Uh, You are the giver of all our moments. You are the giver of all that we have. Um, And you provide so generously for all our needs. And so we give you thanks, O God. You're so good and you're so loving. And you take such good care of us. Um, Father, where would we be without you? And so as we come into this time of study, uh, we pray that your spirit would be present with us, actively teaching us through your word. Uh, We love you, Lord. We thank you that we have the opportunity to pause and study. And we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, here is 1 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 16. Paul writes, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He, Jesus, was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Now, Paul finishes out the chapter um, with these words. Uh, Just prior to these words, Paul spent some time instructing Timothy on the proper qualifications for deacons within the church. The ministry of the deacon is a ministry of service. Um, And then also he spent some time instructing Timothy on qualifications for overseers or elders, those who are pastors, uh, those who are shepherds of a flock of God. And uh, shepherds and deacons work together within the church. And as you Think about the qualifications uh, that Paul laid out for those two offices within the life of the local church. Uh, His words here make much sense. He says, I'm writing these things to you in case I get delayed in coming to be with you. Uh, Paul's desire to be on the mission field and to be actively present with his associates, checking in on the churches and their progress was great indeed. And Timothy um, is one of his ministry apprentices that he was very close to and describes Timothy uh, earlier in the book of First Timothy as a son in the faith. And so there was a closeness there, and Paul longed to be with Timothy to catch up on the work and to see how things were going, and, and also, I'm sure, was looking forward uh, to some time with his brother in the faith uh, to encourage and inspire him uh, for the journey of ministry. 
But in the event that he would be delayed, uh, he wanted to send along these teachings so that those in leadership within the church uh, would know how they ought to behave uh, as, as members of the household of God and especially as leaders within it. Um, Paul describes the um, household of God as the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. And so Paul presupposes that the church is a bastion of truth, a place where the gospel is defended, where the gospel is preached with courage uh, and um, uh, lifted often in the presence of the people, the message of the gospel. And so Paul sees the church as uh, um, the strong witness of truth in the world. And I'm not sure that the church today um, is as bold and as distinctive in its witness as it once was. Uh, Perhaps in the first century, like at no other time, what the church was teaching was unique and uh, in some ways almost unheard of. (laughs) That the God of the universe would descend to earth Uh, with a message of forgiveness and grace. And I think that message is every bit as startling uh, to earthly ears today as ever if it's preached with authenticity and truth uh, from a genuine spirit of love. Um, And so the church today, at its best, continues to be a pillar and buttress of the truth. Uh, But we have a prophetic function in the world. We are called to faithfully share the gospel. We are called to faithfully lift up the truth of Jesus. Uh, Even when it's inconvenient, even when the culture around us may be gunning for us, uh, may prefer to shut us up, um, we are called to faithfulness, to the message of the gospel. We are called to faithfully live Uh, as Jesus would live uh, in the world, uh, to draw attention to Jesus, to make much of Jesus. And uh, if we're faithfully living and and expressing the gospel in word and truth, uh, then the world will take notice. Not all respond. We know that's true. It's certainly God's desire, and it's the desire of every sincere believer that as many hearts as possible would come to a knowledge of the truth and come to saving faith in Christ. But we know that does not always happen. But nonetheless, we are still called to be a pillar and buttress of truth in the world. We have a calling, and the church uh, at its best is faithful to it, especially when it costs the church something. I love what Paul says in verse 16. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. And he goes on in the next couple of um, sections here to describe um, who Jesus was and what Jesus did. He was manifested in the flesh. He came as a human being. He came and became one of us. He was vindicated by the Spirit seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. And in the short window of his earthly life, especially his earthly ministry, 
not much more than three years long uh, in its duration, um, the God of the universe, wrapped in human flesh, made himself known, uh, was vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Now I have a question for us. Are we manifesting, are we incarnating Christ to the world? Are we proclaiming him among the nations so that the world may come to believe on him? Uh, are we being faithful to um, confess the, this mystery of godliness in Christ to the world around us? Uh, sometimes I think we back off and we back down um, when the going gets tough and when the heat is on. Uh, sometimes I think we ourselves believe uh, what the culture continues to tell us, that it, it's an irrelevant message for these modern times. And though in some core place we are personally convicted about the truth of the gospel, we're not particularly uh, convicted about an act of witness in the world. It is my prayer that each of us would find our unique God-given voice uh, for expressing the gospel and being a witness for Jesus in the world. <clears throat> Your witness for Christ will not be exactly like my witness for Christ. But the reality is, brothers and sisters, we are all called to have an active witness for Jesus, uh, sharing and expressing the mystery of godliness in the world. Uh, if the church, if you and I, are not willing to be these pillars and buttresses of the truth in the world, then the truth of the gospel uh, will go unheard by some. And uh, I personally am not satisfied with allowing some who I could impact for the kingdom uh, go on in this life without hearing about God's love for them. And I hope that you're convicted about that too. I pray that God will help us find courage in our witness, that he'll empower us, for it, and that we will trust him with the results. Um, let's be strong in him today, my friends. Hey, thanks for taking time out of your day to study, and we'll move on tomorrow into 1 Timothy chapter 4. God bless.